You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. My name is Noam Dwarman. I'm the owner of The Comedy Cellar. I'm at the back table of The Comedy Cellar with my very dear friend... Mr. Dan Natterman. How do you do? Are we dear friends? And I don't think as much as anybody can be friends with Dan, we're, we're friends. Dan, I mean, actually, actually, that wasn't nice. You have, you have, you have close friends, right? I do. Yeah, I have friends. Do you feel but, like, um, um, our but friendship... But you have intimacy uh, uh, issues. I certainly do, yes. But um, we don't, Noam and I don't talk on the phone. I do have friends with whom I talk on the phone and with whom I get together outside of comedy. Noam is not one of them. But maybe that will change at some point. Why would I want to talk on the phone? I see you for hours every night. That's the sign of true friendship, not needing to talk on the phone. That's right. And, and not having to say you're sorry. Okay. Well, that's from... Um, <laughs> Love that Story. was from Love Story. Okay. And we have, we have some uh, uh, guests. Maybe they'll become friends. I won't call you, though. Sorry. Uh, I won't call you on the phone, though. No, I maybe mean, you guys will become right. friends. Okay. Uh, you, okay. you people. I, right. I'm, I'm doing it already. Okay. Anyway, is that a trans uh, joke? <laughs> no, I didn't mean it as a trans joke. So, uh, <laughs> Mr. Noah Garden-Schwartz, who is a, writer, a comedian and a writer for... Uh, the Mrs. Maisel Show. I, what's, what's it called? Exactly? <laughs> the, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That's a show, Noam, about stand-up, a stand-up comic in the 50s. We'll talk about that in a it's bit. It's, it's a sitcom? It is a, uh, uh, no, it's a like dramedy. It's like a dramedy, if you will. It's an hour long And that's on, on Amazon. Um, Amazon. Amazon Prime, I guess. Yeah. I get that. Okay. Uh, so Noam's a, Noah is a writer for that, and we'll talk about it. And a guest of honor, I guess. <laughs> uh, uh, m- Jay McBride. Yes, thank you. That's uh, Jay, who, not Jane. Jay, Jay not J-A-Y-E, who is a... I, I know, why does it matter? But anyway, who is a transgender comedian based in New York City. Correct. Love okay. the phrase "guest of honor." I guess. Right. Well, <laughs> be, because because uh, because he does. She, she doesn't work here. She doesn't work here, sure. and, and you work. Right. Okay. So, um, I'm trying to get a waitress job, though. So, if you guys are hiring, so <laughs> they're always hiring. So the first question is this: Is it still noteworthy that is it still noteworthy that you're transgender? Uh, I don't know that it's noteworthy, but I, I people still like people still react to it. You know, I mean, like maybe not in New York City because you guys, you know, New York's you know woke. Woke AF, but you know, if I go to Nebraska or something like that, they're still. Like, oh, I think it's right. noteworthy right. because I am assuming you talk about it on stage. Yes. Therefore, yes. that distinguishes you from the average comedian who who uh, does not have that experience. Right. I mean, so, I, I so think there's something different. Uh, yeah, I think it's different, but I think everyone, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound like that's all I talk about. You know, everyone talks about their life a little bit, but yeah, I definitely bring up stuff about that. You know, about like my dad not accepting it, about trying to date, about you know my childhood. So I think it's so it's stuff that other people talk about, but because I'm trans, I think it's just well, a think different that, spin. That I a think lot that'd of be fascinating. Let's face it, we've heard enough. You've heard enough jokes about, you know, the, the typical topics that people oh. talk about. Right. Your, your um, dad doesn't accept you? Well, he's dead now, so he's fine with it. He, 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 he didn't yeah, accept it, you? It, he was not a fan of this whole thing. He was uh, like, he, he died when I was 18, so it was before I actually transitioned, but I was, I was a very feminine feminine did, child, and oh, he was not a fan. Did, did he know that you were trans, I think you know, he, before he passed? I think he thought I was gay, uh, just based on, you know, some of the talks I've had, you know, uh... He, like one of the, one of the one of my memories, like when I was like like ten or so, we were watching TV and like the, these uh, these drag queens and female impersonators came on the t- TV and I'm looking at them like, that's it, that's what I could do for a living, you know? I was like I was so psyched and then he walked in to me and my brothers. And he's like, if any of you turn out like that, I'll kill you. <laughs> so, this is a Catholic so, home. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's part of it. 
I mean, Dad, I think so. does your your dad probably didn't accept you either, but but that's no, he accepted me. He did accept you. <laughs> I don't. I think he would have had a hard time with a trans kid. If I had to be honest, I, I don't know, uh, but I would imagine it would probably would have been difficult was, for him. It was not just Catholic, but very Republican, very military. You know. So well, what age? Did, what age did you realize that there was there was. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. Some he's a, he's disconnect. <laughs> we should hang. He should be. He used to be the guest of honor. <laughs> there was a disconnect between your biological sex and your psychological sex. Oh, right. I, I knew it all. I, I mean, I didn't know the name for it, and I didn't know how to describe it, but I knew there was something wrong, like, real early, you know? Um, my earliest memories, you know? But when I was when I was five, I remember I was there was a, this county fair, upstate New York, that's where I'm from, and there was, they had, like, a bucket of toys for boys and a bucket of one for girls, so, of course, so I picked into the girls when I was like that's it you know and, and there, so. I, I want to ask you a question sure. now, now now there's no questions you know in this day and age I'll answer everything in this day and age you can you can get tarred with, with seven uh, inches epithets <laughs> just, just, <laughs> no, not really. just for asking the wrong questions <laughs> I don't know I don't know but, but privately we all think things that we can't say right. out loud right and yeah everyone's so, like yeah, so, everyone, yeah so this is my question okay seems to me for instance, we, we've all and, and, and we've all uh, um, modern society has come to the conclusion that people who are gay are born that way. Period. Either it's genetic or something in the in the uh, environment of the womb or whatever it is. Which actually, to me, seems more the case because um, identical twins are not are not right. always gay. Although they're more likely to be. So uh, that would imply something other than straight genetics. Mm -hmm. Wait. So you think there is something that happens in the womb? That could alter the sexuality or the sexual preference. Yeah, I think that's more. I think that that uh, if, they, if they have too many brunches, it, then they, something yeah, environmental yeah. in the womb seems to me without you know. I mean, I have no basis. Seems to me more likely than just a gene because if it was just a gene, we'd presume that identical twins would both be gay. Okay, just like they're both right. the same height, both the same, but they're not. So there's some other kind of explanation. And I know that like twins don't necessarily get the same nourishment. They don't, it, even though they're in the same womb, they don't exactly necessarily have the same environment. No, they, but it's okay. as close to a control yeah. as you can get. So now, be, but it seems to me that we we allow that you're born that way, and it's nothing to do with you. Depending on kind of how we feel about that sexual. Thing. For instance, pedophiles, we don't give them that break. Oh, they must have been born mm -hmm. that way. Pedophiles, we, we we call them monsters. And but being attracted to children is no different on the face of being attracted to men or women or children or whatever it is that, that you're attracted to. So I'm totally ready to believe that pedophilia is something that you're born with. And then next question, or and but maybe you don't. The question is, do we know that transgender that you're born transgender. That's what they think. That's the the current consensus of thinking in the community, scientific well, community. Or is now. that what I'm what I'm suspecting is that that's somehow because it's the kind of the cause of of uh, of uh, acceptance of the day. The cause du jour. The cause du jour, and I don't mean that in a flip no, but no, kind no. of like, yeah. So that and and because we we want to be good to that cause, well, it's it's, it's they they must be born that way. I mean, how how does anybody know? Right. I mean, like the what do you, what the do you know about the science of that? The pendulum definitely swung. I mean, it's at a point now where if everyone says like I might be trans, like ah, you know, and everyone just assumes, you know. So I know there are people who probably aren't trans as kids that may be coming forward. That might be the case, but I think it's it's not not nearly as much as people assume. But what the the current thinking is like there actually are identical twins where one's trans and one isn't, but they think it's in the womb as well, the womb as well, because we all 
basically at birth, we all start out female. We have like until about 12 weeks. Not about, at conception. Yes. At conception. Or, yeah. Sorry, at conception. Yeah. We yeah. all start out female. Yeah. At about 12 weeks or so, that's when uh, your chromosomes will send out a signal to release certain hormones that will you know, determine your secondary sexual characteristics as male or female. And they think at that point, something goes wrong. And that's why people assume they're one gender versus the other. Now, you've used that term gone wrong uh, a number of times already. So many times wrong? that I think... What, I haven't th- said you're wrong. No, gone wrong. You said oh, something's gone wrong. wrong. Okay, okay. Uh, which, uh, which, like, you know, if it came out of my mouth, somebody might accuse me of, mm-hmm. of bigotry. You, you think it's something that's gone... You think it's a well, mishap. I, well, so. ideally, she would be the sex... Physically, that she feels she is psychologically right. I'm definitely, you know, I'm not. I'm not. Let's let's. How do you say it? God's plan. You know, uh, it, it's. I'm not saying I regret it or anything well, like someone that. Someone who's born a but, midget but yeah. is not something that's gone wrong. That's right. just they're, they're, true. True. Right. I, I guess I should be more like you know. No, I, just just the way it comes up. But I think. But it could be that something's gone wrong. Well, it's not ideal. Ideal right. would be she was born uh, psychologically and and biologically. Right. The same. Uh, no, but gender. something's gone wrong implies that maybe there was a trauma or a nutrition or so- uh-huh. something. In other words, that in a different, in a that, that the same exact uh, uh, fetus, in the if nothing had gone wrong, could have been born. You could have been born right. a dude who felt like a dude. Oh yeah, but I mean, something totally. went wrong. Go, go a midget wrong will always a, be born a midget. Yeah, right. Gone, gone wrong has total. a negative connotation. So true. Well, like so that, said, I, that's just like semantics in terms. No, of it's not just semantics. It, it, it's not. To me, it's not just semantics. Well, I never realized I did that. But I yeah, would say okay. gone wrong is, is I. Said Gays is, would not say oh something went wrong mm-hmm. in the womb. No, but tra- being transgender has very real and very difficult consequences. At a minimum, you need to have. Uh, a great deal of uh, medical help to, in order to oh, right. to conform to your psychological nature. Right. I, yeah, you're right. I, I never looked at it that way, where I say gone wrong. I just mean, like, you know, when I say and gone And thankfully wrong, for modern medical science, we can do that because 150 years ago, you couldn't. You, oh, would no. be, uh, you would be physically a male for the rest of that would be it. Right, right. I probably would have killed myself like 20 years ago, too, you know, quite honestly. But do, so. do you think, well, that's a question I always ask when we have transgender people on the show, which comes up a few, t- which we've had a few. Um, is is you, you don't think you could simply live a life being feminine? Uh, that is, you say you like you know the the girls' toys mm-hmm. and whatever feminism uh, being feminine means. You like to wear women's clothes. You like to have your hair long, you know, and all of that. You you don't think you could, but with a male, <laughs> well, whatever it would mean. No, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> you know, you don't no, think I, I if, if you saying. if you if you did all those things, but you had a male body, you think that would have been intolerable for you? Yeah, because you're still at the end of the day, you're looking at yourself in the mirror, and it's not what you think it should be. You know, you, you know, it's it's such a jumble what we're told to believe because you're describing that as a young boy, uh-huh. you always kind of wanted the girls' toys or, and all that right, stuff. Right, I just right? felt like I, well, I right. knew I wasn't, I knew I wasn't a boy. I knew I wasn't like my brothers. Right, I just but, didn't know what to call it. But within like a heterosexual world, we're also it's also rammed down our throats. There's no difference in what to- what toys your your children are supposed to want to play with, and a girl's supposed to want to play with boy toys, and and, and now they have no they have se- genderless toy aisles now because of the whole notion, which I think is I mm-hmm. is, is you know being a dad, it's absurd because I cannot get my little boy to play with Barbie dolls, and I can't m- get my daughter right. to watch an Iron Man movie. It would make the household so much easier. No, but I don't think <laughs> but, I don't think they're traumatized. You know, probably they could pick out whatever toy they want. Yeah, absolutely, and then absolutely whatever they want. No, you know, I, so. I I try to get my daughter into superheroes, you know, uh-huh. just so that we can all be on the same page in the house. You know, you can't do it. Or, or my Wonder Woman. She so, doesn't like Wonder Woman. Barely. Uh, barely. Can you get your son to watch Frozen? 
Yeah, my daughter feels Wonder Woman is patronizing. <laughs> like, uh, you want to just because I'm, I'm a girl, you want me to watch Wonder Woman? And my son, no, it's these these gender things are they're very it, they're within these kids. It's not it's yeah. not oh exactly yeah. exactly, and that's what I think. If you look at it that way, it's like now put it in in my life. I was the one who would have wanted to watch Frozen and would have not wanted to watch superhero movies at the time. Is Frozen that's a feminine thing? What is Frozen? Well. Yeah, Frozen could go. I don't way. want to get bogged sure. down I mean, into Frozen, but I, I, I'm not familiar. I've actually never even seen Frozen. I just know it's the, awesome. Princess Elsa, it's a great movie. right? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, I like fried green tomatoes. Now, what that says about me is anybody's <laughs> guess. But uh, the, well, Kathy Bates. I mean, she's was, was she in fried? Oh, that's right. She was in fried. She was. Uh, the, she was like the hearing head, the story. The heavy, yeah. Kathy, in, in the Kathy Bates something? transcends gender roles. She's for, she's for everyone. That's right. I want to talk about how Jay. The reason you're here is because the bearded lady. What does that tell you? And, and, right, American Horror Story. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. But anyway, the reason you're here is because we had that discussion with Guy Branham. He was saying in his article that we don't have enough, we don't have enough gay comedians, which is not, I don't think, is true. If you, I mean, well, whatever enough would mean. He did, we mm -hmm. didn't have a proportional amount of gay comedians, and he said we didn't have any trans comedians. And so we asked him to recommend. Noam said, "Well, we're certainly open to it." Noam's the owner of the club, as you, as he mentioned. We're certainly open to it. We just haven't come across any. And and I think you asked uh, Mayron Kagani. Is, yeah. Do you know any trans comedians that would be good here? And your name came up. Is that is that? I, I don't know this. Yeah. No. I, how I, did you How did you hear about Jay McBride? Uh, Stephen Stephen booked her. How did I hear about Jay McBride? Oh, you, you know, oh, you didn't hear about well, Jay McBride. Mayron told you. I think Mayron told Stephen. Yeah. Well, but and the point is, is we were but we were we were discussing. Well, we. There's been no transgender comedian that's even auditioned for the play that we've even heard of. Well, right. uh, uh, um, what's his name? Guy Branham did recommend one transgender comedian. He yeah. gave me a name. And I looked her up on the internet. And, I mean, just not a peep. Like, like even even on the other... On just This was not a, a person who was ready right, to that, perform here. That's where it puts you in a difficult decision where there's still an element of quality control that has to come in regardless of what... Background oh, yeah. that comedian is fulfilling. So it's like just because you finally got the name of a transgender comedian, they still have to be oh, they a certain still, level of they still comedian. Have to write a joke. Exactly. Learn how to write a joke. You right. Know? They got to um, they got to go over this. This this girl was not gonna go over. Right. So I I didn't follow up. I haven't seen your comedy. Mm -hmm. I can tell you. I don't know. That's why that that if you go over, I'd be thrilled to, to put on. Uh, no, I appreciate that. But yeah, I I mean, it's, why would I care? Do you feel that people do care? Have you do you feel that you've You've uh, run up against prejudice in, in that. Oh area? yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like it's gone both ways. I mean, I, I was telling, I was telling Stevie, I'm, I'm doing a conference just for trans people tomorrow, which is so you're performing like, at it. Yeah, so that's where I make a lot of lot of my money, and mm -hmm. I wouldn't have that opportunity if I weren't. But by the same token, I know that I'm like, if there's like a, a comedy club in like you know Evansville, Indiana, they're not going to want to book me. You know that their audience isn't going to want to listen to trans people. I got to tell you, go ahead. You want to say something? Well, I was gonna, I was wondering, do you enjoy performing for? All trans audiences, like, because I do a lot of Jewish shows, uh -huh. right? And sometimes those shows are nightmares. I mean, sometimes right. they're great, but sometimes it's actually worse to perform for an audience where it's pretty much everyone that's theoretically supposed to be on board with what you're saying, but there's so many different opinions, or maybe because they're trans, they'll be much more critical of what you have to say about your experience versus theirs. Do you have a preference? Like, do you I, feel I do more love, comfortable? I do or? love performing in front, of, especially like the younger, younger trans people, like in their 20s and that, like college kids. You know, I, I do. I do get a kick out of that. Uh, they're just so so with it. They're like, they, you know, they, they're really into it. 
Uh, but I actually, uh, I, I mean, I started in Albany. I used to do Elks Clubs, you know, so I, <laughs> they didn't want to hear that, you know? I mean, sure. or if they did, they, they were putting out a good face. So so did you ever perform just as a female comic without coming out to the audience? Uh, yeah, I did that at first when I first started, but then I, it just... It, and did that work? Well, it, yeah, I was, I was pretty, I was decent, you know, I was still getting booked, but not, you know, I was also holding back, you know? It's like, you can't talk about oh i'm just a slutty girl who used to get pregnant all the time you know it's like how often can you tell that you know it's just it, it's old and it, and it wasn't me and it wasn't authentic and i think people saw that so finally and then the reason why i started talking about being trans a friend of mine said oh my uh yeah my friend came up to me and she said uh, oh jay isn't coming out yet and i thought like if people thought i was hiding it i didn't want to you know that's i didn't want anyone to think that because that's that wasn't the case i just didn't want to advertise it like and be judged solely on that i, I want to tell you that i think that um very often we, we uh, sell the American people short. Mm -hmm. And I actually believe that for the most part, if you're really funny, like if you could Greer Barnes it in terms of... Uh, oh, yeah, well. then, then it wouldn't matter what... I mean, you might find some creep somewhere in, in, in anywhere. But I don't think any audience would mind. Mm -hmm. I, I remember nobody thought we'd ever have a black president. We had a black president. He won a majority white uh, This movie, uh, uh, Black Panther. Oh, nobody's interested in the black. Is the biggest movie ever. It, it, what's his name? I, Eddie Izzard in in uh, England is kind of trans or trans whatever yeah, he, he is. In, well, he did recently come out as trans Mike, actually. Yeah and, yeah, and nobody cares. And and I, I think that um, it can be used as an excuse. Uh, uh, and I think that you sh people will surprise you in how accepting they can be. I 100% agree with that. Yeah. My, my thought, though, is like some, I think someone who's booking a room, they're, they're going to have that prejudice. They may make the same mistake that I'm yes. describing. Yes, yes. I agree I with think, that. I think they might. Whereas, like, I mean, I, I perform, like, I have performed in the Midwest before. I was in this, um, do you know the Great American Comedy Festival? That, yeah, that's uh, Eddie yeah, Brill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they were great. It was a small town in Nebraska. It was like a big theater. They loved me. Yeah. It, it, was, it was the greatest feeling in the world. And, and you know, This I, is I a mean, common mistake. I mean, uh, uh, there was always, like, people who decide the sitcom world. Oh, no, that's too Jewish. Not, that's too Jewish. And then mm -hmm. Seinfeld managed to sneak through the most, I mean, the most Jewy sitcom <laughs> you could ever imagine, right? Only happens to be the biggest sitcom in history. Nobody cared. Transparent, All those I think, people yeah. were so worried about people. How will people relate to this Jewish New York? No, it was funny. And that, that really was enough. He's, Noah's uh, nodding his head yes. That means you agree with me? Or? Yeah, no, I do agree. That's I must say, were I you, I'd certainly be a little bit uh, afraid, though. You know, because you only need a couple of nasty people to ruin oh, right. ruin the evening. That's true. Yeah. Right, well, that, that's the, I agree with you that at the end of the day, funny is funny. And a lot of times you can get in your own head and prevent yourself from opportunities by just assuming that people aren't going to accept something. But I also do understand the trepidation in going to middle America as a trans comic and even without giving them the benefit of the doubt, realizing that they're probably going to judge you a little bit differently at first. Yeah, I'm saying. Well, I'm also saying something else, though, which is that, and this is if, if you're the, funny, you can win them over. That That's if you don't, what. if you don't go over, mm -hmm. it can be very tempting to blame it on the fact. Sure. Oh, I was this. Oh, I was that. And I've seen that. Uh, I saw it one time. You know, it was a big incident down here with a with a comic who had a tar terrible set, and immediately to the audience blamed it on their ethnicity, oh. which was absurd because someone of a similar ethnicity had just destroyed right? you know, sure. you know? and you know and it was kind of painful to see how quickly they turned to that crutch of blaming it rather than looking at this oh I didn't go over I wasn't funny you know or maybe I gotta be twice as funny because I'm trans or whatever it is it can it mm -hmm. can be whatever yeah uh, this is human nature 
Right, and I've never been like too too scared. There's there's one time I used to do this thing if someone didn't react very well or crossed their arms when I said I was trans, I would like act like I'm hitting on them. You know, I thought that, and, and the crowd the crowd would love that. But then one guy just like got really pissed off and stormed out in the middle, and I'm just like, and this is like at, a, at an Elks Lodge or something like that. I'm like, all right, this guy's got to like. Hey, you really doubled yeah. down on the discomfort, right? Right. It's like he's gonna like build a gun rack out of my bones or something. You know, I'm like, I don't want to be. So that was like the only time I was actually what, a little worried. But what is your um, that, so. sexual orientation? Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of lazy at this point. I, I, I'm still attracted to guys, but I'm just like, ugh, it's too much effort. <laughs> I'm too busy. Okay, here, here's something I've always been curious about. So as a woman now who's attracted mm-hmm. to guys, are you considered homosexual because you were born a man, or are you a heterosexual transgender? Uh, it depends who you ask. Com- yeah. So there's no set I, answer I, on how I that would works. Say, I would say like I consider myself a heterosexual trans woman. Okay. But you know, it depends who you ask. You know, there's still people on Twitter who say, "Oh, you're a guy in a dress. You know, you're a gay. You're a, or they'll say you're a fag in a dress." But is is there a consensus right? among the transgender community? Yeah, no, that's how they look at. Like, if someone, if a trans woman dates women, they call themselves a lesbian. Okay, you know, or vice versa. So. Now, if I, if I, if my uh, um, son, if my daughter were trans, yes, and wants to be a a, a guy, I, okay. But I know that a lot of uh, uh, girls now, when they when they become trans, whatever, they are cutting off their breasts. Yes, and and getting hysterectomies, and getting hysterectomies, and you just that just put a pit in your stomach, then. Yeah, and and I'm telling you, as a parent, that would break my heart. Uh-huh. That would break my heart. How would you feel about that? Well, I'm, you're asking the wrong person. I'd be fine with it. You know, you'd be fine with but, it. But but I mean, I can, I can see where people think that um, the hysterectomy is necessary if they're taking testosterone. It could they could cause fibroids. You, the hysterectomy you know, so, would bother so, me less than the right than the, 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 the boobs. It's just like it's. Do you know how many uh, trans trans men when they're in high school they, they wear like ace bandages or they wear these really really tight things to, to tie down their breasts just because they hate them so much. It's just it's just um, something that look that they look at and it's just it causes that anxiety. That's why they do Ooh, it. Well, question not, question question. Yes. When uh, <laughs> he got so excited. Ask a tranny. Oh, yeah. Ask a tranny um, day at the cell. This is fun. Um, when, when you have a gentleman that yes. shows interest in you, as gentlemen do, uh, <laughs> well, at what? At, don't you know yeah. it? When do you tell uh, them? When, as do, Dan you, when do you does. tell them? Yeah, it depends how what, drunk they are. Yeah. When do you tell them what's, uh, what's going on with you uh, chromosomally? Right, I tell them it up front. I don't. I don't so even... if I just came up to you at the bar and said, "Hey, how you doing? I'm Dan," and you said, "Well, I'm Jay," hey, dude, J- dude, dude, you're not gonna do it. Up, dude, no, I, <laughs> you're not gonna say it at that point, right? Right, it's like Mace. Uh, no, I mean, like, no. If I say, I, "Can I buy you a drink?" At right, that right, point, no. is it appropriate? I, I wouldn't. If, if we started talking at some point during the initial conversation, I would mention it very, fa- sure. very quickly, very early on. Probably after the first drink, you know. After, after if, the first drink, if we talk, because here's the thing: I might not, we might not click anyway, you right. know. Uh, sure. And uh, and. But, but, Go ahead. I just want to get because I was leading to the the, the the other the other way, which is so. Okay, you you have you you take your breasts off. That's heartbreaking as a father, but um, you know I suppose you can reverse that in some cosmetic way. Right. The other way, and people do change their minds and, and find that they're not happy. They do. It's not yeah. as frequent as people seem to think, though. I I, I don't know what, how frequent um, it is. But what, it, what about it? But is, what when you cut off the penis? That's like irreparable. I, I none of my business. It's not being you, used. Well, she had suggested. She had said at the beginning of the. I was joking. Uh, I was of the, of, no, she said at the beginning of the show that she'd be willing to answer any question. Yes, yes. So, the, to, to your... Did so, you or didn't you? Yeah. Do, now, you, or yeah, do, do you or don't you? Here's how I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> and you're probably not going to like this answer. If not, uh, it shouldn't matter. 
Okay, that's why. I, that's the only reason why. I, okay, you. you oh, know, it matters. That's not gonna, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, unless I'm gonna date someone, unless I'm gonna have a re- sexual relationship. Right. Well, yeah, it, it does matter very much. Well, in it, the it matters what you're gonna get booked to. The sexual exchange. <laughs> exactly. It well, it matter. also. But, um, but outside of that, it really, it really doesn't matter. It well, it matters matter. in terms of me having the inquisitive scientific mind that I have. You say you're uncomfortable. You okay. always knew you weren't male, and you were uncomfortable with the male body. Well, what could be more male than a penis? Okay. And so, so if you're willing to tolerate a penis... Now, here's, here's the thing. Is you, that guys, Kelsey, you guys are going to look at me so differently. Is that Kelsey Cook? I'm going to answer. You guys are look at me so differently in about five seconds. Yeah. yeah. But yes, I'm still packing. I don't, I'm not looking at you. I actually I don't look at you, you any differently. I, I, I thought you were. I thought you were. I thought you were because I know that that surgery is particularly drastic, and I don't think and most transsexuals have had that surgery. Is that right. correct? Me if I'm mistaken. Uh, not. Yeah, it's it's probably about half, maybe less than half. Okay, because it. it's expensive, and a lot of people can't afford I, it. I have a question. I mean, no yeah, offense yeah, totally, by this. Totally. Do you take pride in your penis? Are you ashamed <laughs> of your penis? No, like you know, like if you well, had a nice big penis, well, would you be I, happy about it? Or well, I dressed her up tonight. You know, we're going to the cellar. You know, taking her for a night on a little stroll. No, I, I I hate it. You know, you do, you do hate but, it. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it, if I had like if I had a hundred thousand dollars in my burning a hole in my pocket, I get gone. it done tomorrow. I totally get it done tomorrow. But but is the sensation going to be compromised? The sexual sensation. Mm-hmm. Right now, you have full sexual sensation, right. and that's the other thing. And if it's you like, had a vagina, it would be uh, might not be a perfect vagina. Right, and there are issues with it too. Like you have to if you if you get like the fake vagina. It, well, big, what the, you know, it's you have to continue like what they call dilate it. So you have to basically stick a dildo up there like every day oh, just like to keep bad. it from it's closing. Like a well, you would, right. <laughs> well, a lot of women do that anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. But you have to like it's probably not as enjoyable when you're like I don't know. So, so listen, I mean, so but you uh, talk about no, if I could just go ahead, go ahead. Well, just on the same theme, now that you would you would think that that might be a a, a rich topic mm-hmm. for humor. Yes. Yes, the fact I, that you have this penis that you don't much care for. Right. Does that come up on stage? I, I don't because... The topic come up on because stage. Because I don't want the people in the audience to... I want them to view a trans person as a trans person regardless of the genitals. And I don't want to bring it up like... I hear what you're saying, but you think know, of the jokes. I, oh, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know Are you a comedian first know, or a trans know, right? first? <laughs> so it's, but that's, I feel like there is some responsibility to the trans community because there are people who, who like... You can't afford it, and who are judged differently. And I don't want someone like I don't want people to think like it's okay to say to a trans person like, "Do you still have a dick?" You know, you know. It's just like I'm fine. I'm thick-skinned. I don't mind. I'll take it. Is there is there but, tension in the trans community between pre-op and post-op? I like, think, do, question, do, question. do post-op look down on the pre-op? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Maybe a little. It's. Yeah, I don't of course, know, they but, do. That's human nature right, to divide yeah, up. Because sure. also at that point, it's a matter of class. <laughs> right. Like if you have enough money to get the surgery it's done. If, if, a whole, if, a, if, a, if a plane load of trans people crashed in, a, right. in, a, in the Andes Mountains, they divide into they would di- separate. They, yeah, separate right, just right. like Lord of the Flies. Right. The haves and the have-nots. <laughs> the but, haves and the have-nots. Right. Vaginas and children first. <laughs> that, that's an interesting thing. You say you, have, you feel a responsibility to the trans community because that's kind of a heavy weight to bear. You know, as comedians, like you know, we we just do our thing. And and I, I mean I don't worry about any responsibility I have toward any community, and I don't think Noah, Noah does either. You know, um, shame on you. No. <laughs> well, but, no, but I mean, with me, I feel like I, I think I mean I don't know if black comedians feel that way. You know, uh-huh. they might have a responsibility think, toward the black community. I, I mean, I, I feel a certain Dave responsibility to the Jewish community based on there are certain things like if I was to get a TV role. Or something. I, I don't know off the top of my head. I don't have an example, but there might be certain things that I wouldn't do to portray Jews in a certain negative light. Like if they just wanted me to be like 
a penny pinching, nebisha, embarrassing stereotype of a Jew, I might. I suppose how much they're offering you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I wouldn't have grounds to be upset if they offered a raise and I took it. Which would be the ultimate Jewy thing to do. Well, lucky, lucky. I will not do this. Lucky for you. Are you just negotiating? But lucky for you, there's enough Jews in Hollywood that. <laughs> they probably, way, it would, it, it, any role probably wouldn't be too horrific. So right. Here's what I would get. So you're you're Catholic and you're Jewish. No, no I'm no, Jewish. Jewish. Like, thank you. Kidding me? Thank you. Listen to his voice. Shut up, Garden. You think there's in what in what world is Dan Natterman not right. Jewish? Well, I thought you said that at first. I, thought, I didn't say that, but okay, I, okay. thank you for for for. Lending credibility to the possibility that I might be a normal human being. <laughs> He's also six feet tall, for those of you listening. Uh, anyway, you, so you were about to ask a question. You were about to pose a question. I don't think so. Was uh, I? I have a question. Okay. I have a question. Noam always has questions. So this is my, this is my, but this is what I think about when I think about these things. I feel like if, when the world becomes totally accepting of homosexuals, when and if, then. Basically, homosexuals can probably lead a uh, a happy, enriching, uh, satisfying life. Right. I I worry that transgenders no transgender no matter how accepting society becomes. Because of all the issues we're dis- discussing, because the anatomy will never be right, nothing is ever ever going to be a perfect fit, and and uh, that you're, it's difficult to be transgender and ever be fully happy. Right? Is that is well, that correct? I mean, here you're right so, that so it's not that it's not perfect unless the like, technology somehow becomes so sophisticated that right. you could really be a hundred percent in like every a, way, shape, or form a woman. Yeah, like, I mean, like if there's life. like cloning or like putting my brain in a corpse well, or something. Black like, mirror. You could black mirror but, your upload your consciousness onto the cloud and download it. Oh yeah, there we into, go. Into I don't know who you'd like to be. Ideally, can, can you ha- can you be content? Well, that's just it. You, you you get to that's the goal of trans people getting to a point where they can live with themselves. You know, it's like if you it, once you get to that point, you're never gonna be 100 percent there. But can you get 90? Can you get 95? And I think a lot of people in life have a shortcoming that they'll never be able to get to, you know, but can they live with it? Well, where are you at? Are you at 90, 95, 75? I'm close. I'm close. I'm in the 90s, I think. How, but how, yeah, can you, I mean, how can you be in the 90s if you still have a, a, a penis and you, and you can't have but, sex with a man and you're attracted to men? Uh, well, because I'm just not that interested in sex. But for, no, for me, it's think, not really a priority. Think about all the people who are normal by society's standards that still aren't fully satisfied or content with their own lives and they're not even in the minority of oppressed people based on normal social standards so it's like you know you're almost holding the transgender to a higher to a higher degree by asking them to be fully satisfied with life when most straight white men aren't even fully satisfied with right life. Well, well let me and, take it like, ex- and women in general I mean you know like the the, the, the pressures on women in general to try and look a certain way act a certain way it be you know well I mean, let me I take mean, it a step further people okay. ask you do you, would you care if your son were gay? Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to say, no, I, I, I wouldn't care. Ugh, gross. Say, say, why would you care? You can't, you can't give a reason why you would care, right? Somebody said, would you care if your son was transgender? I would say, yeah, I wouldn't want him to be transgender because I would worry that they'll never be able to be a fully content well, life. That actually is the, the answer a lot of people would have given about gay kids. 10, 20 years right. ago. Right, that's so, what I'm asking. Is it so, actually was it, is it actually mistaken vis-a-vis homosexuality, mm-hmm. but is there actually a grain of truth to it with a lot in life that a, that a transgender has, I, I don't. Think, I don't want to upset you. No, 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 <laughs> no, no not at all, not at all. Um, no, I think I think yes, there is a great truth that ha- life is harder for a trans person, no doubt. But um, 
it's what, what's the option? What's the no, alternative? No, no, to be miserable? You no, know? no, I'm not. So a, I think, I, yeah, just, I like, think you have to look at it that way. Besides, um, uh, and, and most trans people I know are, are happier now than before. Besides you know, your uh, but, sexual anatomy, yes. is there any other aspect physically that you are working on or would like, well, wish were different? <laughs> Stop staring at my boobs. <laughs> I saw that. I wasn't staring at your boobs. <laughs> yes, they are fake. They are fake. They're pretty good, though. Thanks, but, right? But Aren't they, like, I got some cannons. Um, they, <laughs> I went in for is the... That a, it's a C cup? It's actually a, a double D. Double D. No, it's it's not. Little, it's no get well, out yeah, of here. It's oh. bursting. It's oh, bursting. Wow. It was a loose shirt. Yeah, it's a loose oh, shirt. I didn't not see that. that. <laughs> I went in for the. I'm such an idiot. I went in for like the the consultation. I was like, I, I was thinking like a B, like big B, small C, and he's just like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> but then I trusted him, and I was like, well, do what you think is best. And no, no, they don't look. They don't look too big. Now I, on no, my they, frame, I think. But they did look you start to transitioning a little bit older, right? So that. Well, yeah, like twenties. So, so yeah. that makes it more difficult to be. Oh yeah, to pass. Yeah. No, I if, I, if I started when I was six, forget it. I'd be a knockout. How tall are you? Five know. eleven. Uh, okay. Like five eleven. So, yeah. So they'd be tall by. So because once standard. I think when they when they intervene um, chemically before mm-hmm. puberty, you're not gonna get. Right, you're not gonna get like the, the Adam's uh, apple or the deep uh, voice or the tallness or the body hair, or the receding uh, hairline, all the male traits that people hate. Ooh, ooh, well, I, I have hate. another question. Oh, <laughs> another question. <laughs> yes, you in the back saw, with the I headphones. Saw, I saw Jim Norton. It made me think of a question. What is with these dudes who claim that they're like regular straight men, mm-hmm. but they love to sleep with transgender. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all over. They're dating sites for it. What? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> I love how you looked at Jim and thought of that. <laughs> oh, because you know, Jim, is, hey, Jim. I mean, he's well known for his. Uh... Jim, are your ears burning back there? Uh, <laughs> so, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a fetish like any other. It's a fetish other, like any other. Yeah. Okay, but are they gay? Well, I, I think they could. They not only are they not gay; they're straighter than you are because they love women so much right. <laughs> that they don't care if she has a penis. I feel like I'm a gateway to gay but to gayness. I, I think know. it's gay. I mean, yeah. And here's I mean, a, if, well, and also if they like still have a penis. I would, I would consider that gay. What if they only like being on top of a trans woman, or only like getting BJ's from trans women? Mm, I don't know. Yeah, There's, I mean, some like like uh, some just. They, this like, is the existential fa- crisis of like 2018. Face down, they're face down within minutes, you know. Um, but but you must be. You, I mean, you're human. Uh, humans humans yes, naturally want to barely have have, have uh, intimacy, and a a straight man without that any kind of fetish, whatever it is, is is going to be turned off by you having a penis, or he might even be turned off even if you had a prosthetic, whatever it is, vagina. You know, just the knowledge might. So you might uh, find yourself. Hooking up with these guys who have these fetishes, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's like most of. Uh, I'm very careful with who I date. You, so, uh, you said you're attracted to men, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. W- would you date a trans, a woman who transitioned to being a man but still oh, yeah. had her vagina, oh, his, his vagina? Absolutely. That would be I, perfect. I mean, that would be that could <laughs> there hurt. Are, there are parts line up. Are yeah. you want to get your mind blown? There are couples like that where the trans woman impregnated the trans man and they had kids. Wow. Yeah, I think I saw. I think a, I uh, yeah. Doesn't freak me out, but that's somewhere. interesting. It's different, right? Yeah. It's different. Uh, but no, I mean, like, so then the trans man gives birth. The problem is, like, like here's and and women will overlook like a trans man with a vagina, like they they do nine times out of ten. Guys though are very uptight in general. You know, like, I mean, guys in general just don't want to be like you know like, growing up like if you're called a called a fag, that's the worst thing ever. You know, women. So, like, are, uh, women I'm not gay. Much, I'm not gay. Women have much women, bigger hearts. Oh, totally. Totally. And, and like like they you have see, souls. yeah, you like a, like you see like a cop get shot in the head. Like there was some, I think it was on 60 Minutes only one day. This cop, it, it was they were newlyweds. They just got married. Like two days after they got married, this cop got shot in the head as a vegetable. This woman's <laughs> stat 
by his hospital bed for 35 years, you know, taking care of him, you know? Can you picture a man doing that? No. Not Are you kidding me? Well, I would I'm, hire a nurse and be done with right. him. Right. <laughs> the like, man would be there to try and hit on the nurses, and that's it. That's <laughs> exactly. the only reason. So, so are you still? Are you so in in that nature? Do you have the feminine devotion nature, or are you still a dude? I, I haven't found out yet. I haven't been. I, Wendy, what's I mean, you to see? What, that sounds like you're still a dude to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you suspect. Uh, but the thing is, like, I really have like very little interest in carrying on a relationship, sexual or otherwise. I'm just no, don't. I have a low sex drive, and if it happens, I, I would like to think that I'd be the sort of person who stands by their man, so to speak. Well, I think but, Noam sure, is talking about sure. a pr- pretty extraordinary case. Right. Not to say that all women would do what you've just described, standing by a bed for right. if 35 were, years. But women do. Um, women I mean, really. Women can be amazing. If I were able but, to cash you know, in on the, man, the guy's pension, maybe. Now, um, I don't know if you want to at some point talk about Mrs. Maisel. Yeah, I want to talk, oh, yeah. I want to, talk to Noah. What a perfect is, transition. Is, uh, <laughs> well, transitions, transition uh, can be rough. It used to be Mr. Maisel. It's called the amazing, the marvelous, wonderful Mrs. world Maisel. of Mrs. Maisel. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel. The marvelous Mrs. Maisel. On Prime, yeah. And this is yet another. There's crashing, of course. Right. There. Uh, well, Louis is no longer uh, so on the air. But this is yet another show about stand-up comedy. It, You'd think it, there's it, enough already. Well, it is, but it's different. It is very different than all of them. In one, it's an hour-long dramedy as opposed to a 30-minute sitcom, and it's about a woman whose husband left her, and she started doing stand-up and. Actually, 90% of the show takes place offstage separate from her pursuing a career in comedy. It's actually much more about the, fi- the family dynamics in the world of 1950s Upper West Side Jewish Manhattan than it is about the world of stand-up comedy. So, so there's, a lot of, there's a lot going into the show that's different than the rest of the shows about stand-up. And, and another big difference is, to my knowledge, she's the only character out of all the shows of stand-up who didn't actively come into the show wanting to be a comedian. If you watch the show, she kind of accidentally stumbles into it. Whereas Crashing is about Pete's kind of journey and quest to become the comedian he's always wanted to be. Louis already was a comedian in his show. Who stars in your show? Uh, Rachel Brosnahan plays Midge Maisel, the the title character. Is she she well known? No. Her her big break was she was uh, a prostitute on House of Cards for a while. That's where people knew her from. But this was... Oh, with Doug Stamper, the one that... uh, I didn't watch House of Cards. Rachel Brosnahan, yeah. I think her name was Rachel on the show, too, on on House of Cards. I I didn't watch House of Cards, but I heard it was a brutal death, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think her name was Rachel on the show, too. So that's her. The the biggest name on the show, her father is played by Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, Tony Shalhoub. He's uh, Lebanese, I believe, or something of that nature. Yes, he is. Monk. Monk. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it is, it is tangentially about stand-up, and certainly as the season goes on and she gets a little bit better on stage, it's more about that, but it's definitely not a show about stand-up. It's so so uh, and when, you, when you were on one of these streaming shows, do they tell you your ratings? No, we know nothing about how many people viewed it. But I think it's That's disconcerting. I mean, you, you, you can see, well, you can see how many five-star ratings it got by Amazon users. And it won a Golden Globe, so critically, the acclaim is there. Uh-huh. But we actually have no idea how many people did or did not watch it. Well, the guy that works at the mailboxes, etc., which is no longer called mailboxes, etc., but it's a similar type of store that I go to across from me. He knows I'm a comedian because I send comedian-type yeah. stuff there. Sure. But anyway, he said, have you seen Mrs. Maisel's? He was all excited. Like, well, listen, I hadn't I, seen it. So he's watching it. I, I was biased, obviously, working on the show. I had a feeling it was a good show. I was reading and helping write the scripts and enjoyed it. But I had no idea it was going to take off culturally the way it did. And I will say it was a perfect storm politically 
for the show. I mean, it aired literally in the heart of the Me Too movement. It's it's a very female centric, strong female lead character show. So I think it resonated with where we were at in society at the time it was put out. I got to watch the show. I've been watching. I've been binge watching Crashing. Uh, it's pretty good. Yeah. What well, do you like Crashing now? Obviously, you're going to say you do. No, I, let's face I, it, you couldn't really say you didn't like No, it. no, no. I, I do like Crashing. There are elements of um, the portrayal of a beginning open mic comic that kind of ascended too quickly. Like, it's one of those things, it's an inside baseball thing, where as a comedian, you would realize how unrealistic it is for Pete, an open mic comic, to suddenly walk into a place like The Cellar and get on stage. But I do think it is a good show. I do enjoy watching you it. Watch- I think the people I know are great in it. You yeah. watch either of these uh, shows, uh, Jay? I don't have HBO or Amazon Prime, so I've watched, like, I have watched a couple, uh, streamed a couple of Crashing. I, like I don't it, have either of those things either. Yeah. Crashing is really I good. I, I just started yeah, watching it this week. Yeah, I think yeah. Artie is great in it. Artie is great in it. I'm, when is your episode? You're at the end of My the episode I'm, was the first episode of the season two. Oh, well, I that's saw right. that. So they, just, yeah. quick, that's it for me. That's Pete, it for you? Pete crashed that's, your birthday party, I, I, right? Um, I didn't see it. And Rachel's on that one, too, You didn't see it? Is that because you don't like it, watching no. yourself? I don't like to watch me. Yeah, I agree. But um, but I heard good things. Although uh, I, you know, my part I think was a lot bigger than ended up would ended up being um, shown. But in any case, um, well, how would you know? You refuse to watch. I, I get that. You, you were the sense. star of episode I get the, one. Dan. I get the sense. You can kind of tell. You can kind of tell the according to the tweets that you're hearing. And now, the did they you, did they give you a bunch of lines, or did they just well, they say, give you a bunch of lines, but they, they give you lines, and they tell you, don't pay too much attention to these lines. The crashing is very improv-based. They give you a bunch of lines, and they say, but these are suggestions more than anything else, and you, you improv it, and they, yeah, you do it a million times, and sometimes Judd will shout something out, or the director, who, whoever he might be, Judd doesn't direct every True. episode, but... He might yell out from the back of the room, say this, and then you say that. Well, I'm to try this, and then you try that. Are, and, are you comfortable And they cut acting? it up. Are you comfortable acting? I, I'm like a fish to water in the acting game. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I'd like to do more of it because stand-up, as you don't know, you may know, but I don't think you do know, I never liked it. Really? Never liked it. Really? Very stressful. Like Very stressful. Woody Allen. That's so Woody Allen's feeling. So then what'd you get into it for? To get out of it. I thought I was going to be a, a, a TV star. I looked at Seinfeld and Roseanne, all these people. Figured, all right, I get my 20 minutes of funny shit. And they and they got their 20 minutes of funny and shit. And now you're just in too they, deep? I'm so deep. Yeah. Also, the dream is still alive. Sure. I still, uh, you know. <laughs> still waiting not, for the Dan Adamant show. You know, the one thing about this business that it does give you is the dream. Like, if I were a lawyer, even if I were a very successful lawyer... I, the best I could hope for is being a lawyer, and that doesn't excite me. Now, I'm, I'm sure it excites some people. It doesn't excite me. There's no, I'd have no chance of greatness. Now I got a, I got a chance. Of, uh, I'll be a, I'll be a, you know, a slim one. So you still don't like it though. In theory, 15 minutes I, from now you got a set. You're not excited about going to hit the stage. I don't have a set 15 minutes. But you're, oh, you're no, no, I'm saying theoretically. Yeah. No, yeah. no, I, I like to come here, uh, and they're, they're opening a room in Vegas, and that sounds like fun. I but love Vegas. I don't, I don't enjoy headlining. I don't enjoy the long where it's all me and it's very nervous. Go ahead, Jay. You had a question. I was curious if you liked writing like scripts and screenplays and that. I have if done you, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have and uh, with, no, with no great uh, Give success. one to Judd. Give it to Judd. It's not that simple. I'm sure he it's loves not, that. It's not that simple. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you popped on screen episode one. He's waiting you, for it. I remember you. You're funny. Here, read um, those. Speaking, so you love Vegas, Noah? Oh, I love Vegas. Because I'm, I'm did, a gambler. Did you Craps, know that, that the Comedy Cellar is opening up a room in Las Vegas? I did. I did know that, and I was excited to see that. Well, okay. I feel, first of all, 
Uh, uh, so, so, I have a few things to say. You know, we're, we're also have, we also have a Comedy Central pilot going on here. Right. And, you know, I had a lot of beef. It wasn't people at Comedy Central. The, the people shooting the pilot because of how I wanted the Comedy Cellar to look. And on Crashing, they have these shots of the Comedy Cellar or the Comedy Cellar. Yeah. And they're so good. And you feel like you're in the room. And that's what I wanted the TV show to and look like. And you already saw on the TV show just, it does not just, look like that? Just for, you know... And they would not do it. There's, just for the non-regular listeners yeah. or the new listeners, there we have a pilot. We The Comedy Cellar has a pilot with Comedy Central, wherein uh, we show clips of comedians talking about the week's events on stage. Think best week ever, but in a stand-up format. Is it scripted or no? I mean, do they not, or not scripted? I mean, no. do they no, write, do they know ahead of time what they're going to talk about? Well, like the comics night? write jokes for okay. based on the week's events. Be they uh, like uh, a monologue? Poli- yeah. So no, I mean, it's well, already like, cut up and done. It, it already you it's know already, for sure it's not going to look the way know, you want it, it to look. I know well, the for pilot, sure. yes, but yeah, maybe when right. they go to series, if they go to series. But but what got me is that what is the what you know? It's like I hate that expression. Think outside the box. You but it's like nobody wants to think with with some sort of risk involved. So they don't want to stray too far from the way they've seen it done by somebody else, you know? But it seems to me you just look at Crash and you see how, like, how you really feel that you're in the room with this comedian. It's tight and it's claustrophobic and it's awesome, you know? And I think a, a TV show like that would be great. But anyway, um, I, 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 unfortunately, I suppose I'm wrong. I don't know. Noam, unfortunately, has, for the first time, I guess, in his life, because he's always been the boss... <laughs> Had to take direction. Now from he has. It's horrible. Bo- he it's horrible. Has, how do you how do you deal with it? He has it's bosses, yeah. and he has people. They're putting up the money. They make the rules, even though it's Noam's club. And he's and my idea was my idea too. Uh, but anyway, but so, that's like so any that's screenwriter right. that knows you know that their their script gets completely changed. And, and I want to be and Sylvester, the, the, Sylvester the Stallone from the executives. Sylvester no. Stallone wouldn't sell out for Rocky. He had that script. He wasn't going to do it unless they unless they. Well, you didn't him. negotiate. Oh, right, right. That in your contract. I know, I know. I, I, I made a lot of mistakes in the last year. And then uh, Vegas, I think, is, is shaping up to be... Uh, you just got back from Vegas, didn't uh, you? What, what a dumb idea opening in Vegas was. Are you being serious? Oh, totally serious. Why? Because it's just a lot, of, lot of pressure like I've never known before. And a lot of money. And I, and I, I have... How often are you going to go out there to check on the room? I don't know the answer to that. And I... I Who's your Who's your Bugsy Siegel? Who are you sending to watch the Vegas? Uh, well, I'm sending well, out, outside. Steve is going to go out there for a while. Okay. But uh, my, I just don't know that anybody's going to come. Any Anybody in the audience? Like, I'm speaking of Bugsy Siegel. Like, I think about yeah. that. You know, welcome, to, welcome to Flamingo. Oh, somebody get us a, a fuse, and there's a leak. You know. Sure. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to have to close for renovations, and nobody shows up. What casino? That's, Sorry, what casino? At, is at the, Rio, the Rio, the Rio oh, Casino. Okay. And it's owned by Caesars, and you know Penn and Teller are there, and you know it's not the most upscale casino, but it's okay, and it's pretty busy. I just don't know that anybody's going to come, and if they do come and it's successful, I, I don't know if I'm going to be going to care. Like I don't know what I was thinking. I got I have a, a, three kids at home, a new baby. What do I want to be bothered with Vegas for? I but, mean, was this idea out of nowhere, or did someone bring it to you? I'm going to tell you what where it came from, and it's I'm not proud of it. <laughs> And it's not like me. I was in Vegas one time, and I saw stupid Robert Kelly up <laughs> his big mug on that huge jumbo screen out in front of Caesar's Palace or wherever it was, you know, with an ad for his show, wherever his show was. It was at one of the comics. Maybe it was at the Improv. When it was the improv. I don't know. I don't remember where it was. And I said to myself, "Fuck! I 
comedy seller should be up there. Like I should have, I should have that, you know. And I'm not ever really driven by that sort of thing. But for some reason, I say, why, why are these, why are these schlubs, you know, who I know don't run their rooms with the integrity that we try to, who don't always have a great show, who, who put checks down during this. But why are they like the apparent? top of the heap, you know, because that's what it appears when you go to Vegas. They must be yeah. the... And why am I just a... You know, this is this was actually... Might have even been before the underground was open, but we were just... And that's when I got the idea. So I started reaching out to some casinos, and they wanted ridiculous deals. So I left one offer on the table, which was like less than half of what the deal they asked for was. And I thought that was the end of it, and I walked away. And then they came back and said, okay, we'll take it. And I said, oh, <laughs> I never thought that would happen. And then I, I said, okay, I'll take it. And then after that, you know, I had a baby and another baby. Like, my life kind of changed. So, but anyway, so the, the genesis was from a bad place, which was kind of a little bit ego, or it wasn't money. And, and that's the worst thing. And, and that's past. I don't have that urge anymore because we've had other things, other successes, and a TV show would be all that, plus I wouldn't have the headache of running a room, right? So a Comedy Central show would be way more happy. So anyway, so that's it. But I have really good relationship with the people I'm working with at Caesars, and, and the room is going to be beautiful. It is going to be the best room. And if it's, and the comedians are going to like playing there. And it can be a lot of good things about it. And if, you know, if it makes money, that would be nice too, but I don't know. I don't know. It, I, I, you know, I forgot to order the roast chicken again. God damn it. <laughs> order the roast chicken. Because the roast chicken, as you don't know this, Jay, but the roast chicken takes 20, 30 minutes That's to prepare. That's your only fucking answer about my Vegas thing? Well, we'll get to your Vegas thing, but first uh, thing, so right, I prefer to order right. the roast chicken in the middle of the podcast so it's ready by the end of the podcast. There's no chicken in Vegas, But then. wouldn't you That's know right. it? That's I, I always forget to do it. Is Sarah <laughs> the waitress today? Can I have the roast chicken? But You know how I like it with the, with the horseback potatoes and the veg. Okay. Now. Oh, you know, Jim. Yes. How do you know, Jim? <laughs> don't don't answer. <laughs> no, but just, she's really funny. We've done uh, gigs together. I actually want to do more gigs with Jay. She's great. So you recommend it? Well, no. How come nobody ever recommended her, recommended her to us? Because I've only seen her here a couple of times, and if I saw her hanging out here, I would have recommended it to you in a second. But yeah. I, I wasn't sure exactly where she was. Yeah. But yeah, she's really funny. Uh, I'm gonna look. Oh, I'm gonna look there we go. Give me your What's the process? First, you look her up online, and then and only back, then. First is on back page, and then and then if only that. Come on now, no, oh, don't sorry. be don't be silly. <laughs> You, you, yeah, be careful what site you look up. Uh, you look sorry, her up whatever on, your site don't, is. Don't just Google my name. You look her up. <laughs> you see? watch your YouTube video. Then and only then, if he it likes what he sees, he will call you in for not you. Him and Esty will call you in for an audition. But I hope that it. I, you know, I'm rooting for you because you seem like a nice young oh, well, lady. Thank you very much. I, 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 yeah, we need a transgender comic here. That's for sure. So people st stop calling me a bigot. <laughs> I'd say, I do think it would be interesting. I do I mean, think. You know, Noam often poo-poos the notion of diversity in comedy for diversity's sake. And I hear him and I... I poo-poo diversity in every aspect of life. But <laughs> in comedy, there is some value to diversity because the you intrinsic in the diversity is a different point of view as a comedian. In other words, obviously, a black comic will talk about different things than a white comic and a trans comic will talk about different things than a, uh, a non-trans comic. So there is some intrinsic utility to diversity. True or false? That's all... It's a slippery slope. You bring in one trans comic, then you'll need gender-neutral bathrooms that'll start filtering in. I just I have a I have a problem with diversity being a goal. 
Well, I hear what you're saying. Hey, if I'm not funny, if it, you don't it, think I'm funny, it shouldn't I be a goal. That's right. It's a business. It's a business. It's, it's, not it's a business. And, well, yeah. And like, it, if I'm not funny, I should quit my. I should quit and go back to working at Trader Joe's or whatever. It's like the, the whole point well, is to it, be funny. Well, I, I'm with you that funny over everything. Funny first. But absolutely. different points of Diver- view are diversity. Just for diversity's sake, is no good. But I will tell you, when I'm on the road, like if I headline, I'm thrilled if either my host or my feature aren't just a straight white man. Because just the idea of a different point of view for a little bit of time for the audience to get a break on perspective, it, it does make me feel a little bit better going on stage afterwards. Well, you're, listen, you're, you're describing something which obviously can't, you know, I can't be denied. And, and to an analogy, like when you're, if you're doing a, if you're presenting a musical uh, performance, you don't want to have ten ballads in a row. Right. So any anything can be monotonous. So is that diversity for diversity? You think, no, that's just you need to uh, not... Mix it not, up on the you show. You need to mix things yeah. up. And not, but I think when, when we're discussing diversity with the political connotation... Yes, we're I discuss, agree with We're discussing you with, something much regard. different than that. You can get that diversity and difference of point of views from six different white guys, too. You know? That is true. Or six different black guys. And, and I just don't like the oh, fact... You. Listen, I said this before. When I was oh, a kid... When I was a kid, you know, uh, bigotry was the enemy. And one evidence, one possible evidence that you were bigoted was, well, how come you don't, how come you only have white guys? You know, so that looks like you probably are being discrimi- discriminating in some way. You're probably discriminating in some way. So diversity was kind of evidence that you were doing the right thing. Now it's shifted. Now it's, we don't care really anymore whether you do the right thing. As a matter of fact, we don't even if, even if you are doing the right thing and picking the six funniest thing, that's not okay. Diversity is the goal. It's not about being uh, 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 the. Uh, it's not about playing everything straight up and merit. It's not about merit anymore. It's about diversity, and I'm against that. Except, of course, in the NBA, where nobody has a beef if all the if everybody on the court is black, right? You want to want to feel that question? Why is that? A, no, no, nobody has a beef. But it's also no secret that the NBA is head over heels about any white North oh, yeah. American basketball star they can get. But they won't play them unless they're unless they unless deserve they to put play. The basket in the, and the I don't want to play them either unless they can play. I, I but there's this, a lot of pressure for me to play them. There is a difference between like being overtly as diverse as possible and not being discriminatory. You know, so you can still be not just if like if like this club isn't, you know, like you've had women, you've had black comics, you've been more women than most clubs probably. So it's clear that you're not being discriminatory. That's what, yeah, if you don't so discriminate, which, there should I, be diversity. So I don't think anyone I don't think Norm, anyone would have a beef. I know I know there's that article, but I don't think anyone would have a beef necessarily with this with you if you didn't hire someone because they were trans, you know? Yeah. I get that, 100%. Look, I take pride in the diversity when yeah, I see it because, because it gives me kind of a, 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 a happy feeling about the human race, you know? It's nice to see everybody just mixed without regard to sex or color and just all hanging out and, and socializing and performing together. That's nice. I'm not I'm not a monster, you know? Yeah, the soft I, side of Noam comes but, out. That's but, beautiful. But I want that to happen for the right reason. I don't want that to happen because exactly. I'm a fucking fraud. Exactly. I don't want to come you say, listen, I booked you because you're trans. Mm-hmm. I don't, or and I don't want that either. Yeah. Unless, well, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I take that back. But I mean, you hear the stuff that's going on in Google now, where they're like the the, the I mean, the, 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 they're turning themselves into pretzels to get diversity. I'm like, why do they have to have diversity in Google? As long as they're it's, not discriminating against anybody. That's the one where the white guys are suing him, right? Google or is it Amazon? There, there, there's it's, there's white guys suing. There's there's people from every angle in this. Google, there's a story from every angle in Google. But the point being is like nobody actually suspects Google of 
being like, we only want Asians or we only want white guys. We presume Google is probably hiring what they think are the best candidates without regard. So if it turns out to be 60% Asian, why is that a problem? Why, why is that more of a problem than why the NBA turning out to be 80% black? I don't, why, why do they have to limit Asians at Harvard? If, if Harvard turns out to be 75% Asian, aren't they humans? Aren't they Americans? Who cares if they're Asian? What, what, I, it, it bothers me. We talk about this you know, ad nauseum on this show. That is just, a common theme that we do. Just stop uh, judging it because you can never break out of it. And this becomes the way my, my, I mean, I see my children are beginning to pick up on this. Like they're like, you know, it's well, like, I don't want them thinking that way. I mean, there are the one, the one thing that I see, like, I, I agree with you hundred percent, but then, but if you see like the, the reaction that like there wasn't really a black superhero before Black Panther and then, it, but it had to be a good movie. But now like, like black kids can look at that and think, wow, a superhero that looks like me. And that's yeah, a representation is a great thing. But I mean, if they would put out a shitty movie, it would have been, it would have it wouldn't yeah. have defeated the purpose. It would oh, have been terrible. And, and, and I, I totally but it was a don't, great movie. I, and I, well, I don't think it's a great movie, but oh, I, don't, I, I definitely it. don't I have it. a problem. Uh, let me tell you about Black Panther. I don't have any problem with Black <laughs> Panther. And if, well, this is this is the irony you kind of okay. hit on. On the one hand, of course, a a black child always seeing all white superheroes. That's not a good thing. Right. Or a black girl having to play with a white Barbie doll. That's not a good thing. Either. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like. Yeah. So, on the other hand. It's not quite as bad. It's it's a worse thing now than it might be if we didn't focus so much on race. Oh yeah. If we didn't force these kids to define themselves so much in terms of their it, race, but you know what? Then the a, fact that a black superhero with a black superhero yeah, but, wouldn't be. A, but but um, but but you're right. It's a good movie. But it's not a great movie. It's getting a uh, lot I, of... I thought it was... Uh, yeah, uh, let me tell you why it's not it a great movie. It wasn't my favorite Marvel movie. S- Thor Ragnarok was one yeah, of my Wait, wait, before you go. Okay. I'm going to tell... Spoiler alert. Okay. Spoiler Black Panther dies at any, the end. It's tragic. Any movie where the main character <laughs> gets, gets thrown in a fight to the death, and Thrown rather than the kill river. him, they throw him over a waterfall and expect us to think, oh, he's dead. And uh, without, I mean, is not a great movie. Oh, I don't. But, I don't think yeah, they thought they were like, fooling anybody by no, making people think like, he, that was like halfway. Dead, through, that was like what two thirds of the way through. They, saying, knew, they it, knew it's like all right. We have a half such hour a left. Trite, He's obviously alive. It's such a trite device. As was the to- they took they took a whole James Bond thing, like the Q thing with the technology. I'm not a super. I'm not a uh, superhero comic book guy, but I I enjoyed the movie. I, uh, well, I enjoyed by it. the way, you want to hear you want to hear a deep theory here? Just not great. I haven't Shuri, just seen the, it. The girl, the 16 year old girl, is got to be the new Iron Man. That's my theory. Oh really? Oh, that's, that's not bad. Awesome. That's not Robert Downey Jr. is probably yeah, going to die. Off. For Tony By the Starks. way, no, Tony Stark's going to die, right? Robert Downey Jr. You got to go. Yeah. Noah has to go uh, perform. Go um, I liked. I liked. Uh, I give. I give it a three point five. Uh, uh, Black Panther. Apropos of what you were okay. saying is that kids, we shouldn't make them uh, identify racially. I'm wondering how much of it might be innate. Very recently, there was a, a viral picture of a young girl, two-year-old girl, staring oh. at Michelle Obama. Exactly. Did you read about that? No. Staring at Barack Obama, um, a painting of Michelle Obama. Don't tell me it's some, fake. Don't tell me it's fake. I'm not telling you it's fake. The point is that she's two years old. Why was she staring at that picture of Michelle Obama? Was it because innately, well, innately she, and she said, oh, I, the, the girl thought she was like some princess or whatever, and so Michelle met her right, in real life. That. So the point is, is this girl's two years old. She hasn't had time necessarily, maybe she has, to pick up the racial nature of our society. Oh, no, they pick might, it up. Might it, it be, up. But might it be intrinsically, when she saw somebody in a world that's 90% white, whatever it is on TV, etc., she saw somebody that looked like her in an art gallery, and innately, without being told that this, is, that this woman resembles you, she innately 
it, 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 definitely, I mean, it definitely has an innate aspect to it, for sure. I don't think it too. I noticed with my own kids, and I really tried to protect them from, like, we, we, my, my friend Rosalind, who's always at the house. You know Rosalind. Of course I she, know. She's that. black, and she's outspoken. She's always, she's always using the N-word, and she's always saying about the black this and black that, and, you know, there's white folks this and white folks that. I'm like, Rosalind. And I said, Matt, please, I don't want my kids to... And my kids, until... They were like five years old, four or five years old, had no, if I would, if I would, if somebody would say the, the black guy, they, they look at you like, what do you mean, his, his pants? Like they had no idea that there were different races. Only recently, I think I told her on the show, my daughter, Mila, described her boyfriend, her little first grade boyfriend as black. She has a little, back, little black boyfriend named Jackson. It was the first time I had ever heard her, it, uh, that it was you know, part of her worldview that they were different races. And it actually was, was heartbreaking. It's like you know, it, 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 she didn't have that naivete anymore. But yeah, it's, it's of course it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's 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 innate. It's also it's not just race, culture. You know, I still think it's a great picture. Humans divide. It's a very cute it, picture. Yeah, she's like got her mouth saying. open. She's like she's so, seen something she's never seen before. But, you know, staring at that po- that painting of Michelle Obama. It's quite cute. But no, now you'll, it's you'll, like you'll, she has a she has a role model. What did you think really of that cool painting? Thing. I, I, uh, the Michelle Obama painting. I don't know. There are, Be I, honest. Any of those presidential paintings, I'm like, all right, you don't need to, you know, whatever. But this was, you know, I did it was, not it was like the Michelle. I, I like Barack's. Yes. Did you? Yeah. I was like, it's a little weird. Who, all, all, the, all the, the leaves and stuff. I was like, it was a little weird. Well, this is what I think. For, no. You know what? You make an interesting point. I, I thought both I'm glad, of them. I'm glad that African-American artists did both of those, by the way. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, you yeah, didn't, that's, that's fine. And, and you see, that's the thing. I don't care. I mean, I'm happy. If they want African-American artists, that's fine. I just wish it didn't matter. In, in any right, case. Oh, two, two, 100%. In any case. But the I, I did think that as an aesthetic matter, both the paintings were so outside the style of yes. everything that had come before that it was a pretty ballsy statement, you know? And I, I don't, I'm not criticizing that, but I could also... I'm really not criticizing it, but I don't know if I would have done that. I think I would have tried to split the difference somehow, only because I would not want to stick out like a sore thumb so clearly. Did, but, you, did you see what Hannity wrote about how he thought that there, one of the veins on Obama's forehead looked like sperm? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but having oh. said that, I thought that the just the... the uh, Aesthetically. The, the achievement of the, the portrait of Obama was really good. It, I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. look close up on that painting. It looks like him. His detail. It, it struck me as like, that's a talented, right. that's the work of a talented man. Right. The Michelle, the rest- the Michelle Obama one, I, I, that, just did not, that just did not seem like a good painting to me at all. It doesn't look like her. It's not pleasing. It's just... I only saw the only time I saw her picture was the two year old staring at her. So it was like a sideways view. Yeah, of that's it, the only know? time so, I've seen that picture. So I haven't looked at it up close. Oh, yeah. I'm going to show it to you. Talk for a second. I'm going to show it to you right now, and then we'll and then we'll sign but the, off. Uh, but but the, that artist who did uh, Barack's his uh, his other works amazing. So yeah, I'm not. not yeah, really that surprised. that was a that was a good that's a good painting of right. Obama. Michelle and Obama. It's different. It's in your face a little bit. You know, it's like uh, by the way, this is me. You know, which is cool. So yeah, I I, I um he was he. he I, like him or not, at least he had a sense of humor. I, I thought he was a great president, and I voted for him both times. Obama? But, yeah. Oh, he has, he's, he's a, fan, he has a fantastic sense of humor. And such a great sense of humor. Which no, I'm, our asshole now doesn't think he was have. a great president, but he had a good sense of humor. All right. Looks, looks a little more like Beyonce than, than Michelle. Wait, would, this, would, would you look at this and say, oh, this is a, this is a national... This is an artist who should be picked among all the artists in the world to do a portrait of... <laughs> this is not... I mean... <laughs> 
I know that okay. it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's just and, and does that look like does that is that the way Michelle Obama I mean that's no. does that capture her it just doesn't it, it simply well, just maybe, doesn't. I, may- I defy anybody to tell me it does. And you know what? And this well, is the world we're living in. Well, Picasso's I, I'm taking a huge risk of being called a racist by saying this. You know, you know that people are judging me in a racial way because I'm saying I don't like this portrait done by an African American artist of Michelle Obama. I'm supposed I have to like it. I ha- Black Panther. I can't only say it's a good movie. It has to be the best movie ever. Otherwise, I'm suspect. I'm suspect. Just I just think it was a, it was a really good movie. But it wasn't as good as X Men to me. It well, wasn't as good. I, just lie. Just tell everyone you're voting for Oprah. Then go into the booth and do what you want. I, you know what? I there was, you go. Then Op- everyone's got to vote. Like, I, I, I think Oprah, as oh. opposed to a lot of things, Oprah has done some amazing things. Like you cannot fuck with Oprah. She, Are you overcompensating now to try and make make no, sure people don't think you're a racist? I've always said this okay. about Oprah because I'm older. Oprah started out this little talk show. Yeah, when in Phil, Chicago, when, right? Yeah, when this Phil Donahue was the king, mm-hmm. appealing to white ladies at home during the day and this again talking about selling the country short this black lady hooked in overweight black lady overweight black lady hooked in emotionally with white female america republican america you know so deeply that phil donahue became a a historical uh, part of the historical record that that's the kind of accomplishment of merit that nobody can question, and that's what's so nice about it. You don't have to wonder whether Oprah got her success because she was black or not. There's no, it, no it, she worked it, out you can't now. say a fucking word about it. It was the real thing. They say I'm the trans Oprah, so I don't know. <laughs> you agree with that about Oprah, right? Oh, I, no, I agree that she's a trans Oprah. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> thank you. I mean, thank that, that is pure merit. <laughs> yeah, Oprah's a phenomenon, sure. That is, a, I mean, that's an amazing accomplishment. I like Phil. I like Phil, good deal. You're right. I, li- I like the impressions of Phil. But you, you know, can imagine Hammond's impression. You can imagine some executives <laughs> saying, "If I go, oh no, why? Do, you know, these white ladies are not going to want to watch this black lady." Blah blah blah. And this was before things became viral. It bubbled up. Right. You know, that's an amazing. So that's a credit to her talent. So I would never dismiss Oprah at all. I still don't want to see her movie though. Wrinkle in Time. Still not interested in that. You're not interested in it. No. Uh, did she? She's in it. She's in it. Yeah, she and did. she produced it. I think. No, I, I don't. I, she's and she's a good actress. She was good in the color purple. Yeah, she's. Great. You can't. You can't say anything about Oprah. The only thing I don't like about her is when they when she has a musical guest on, and they cut to her face and she's doing that. You know, like grooving face. How yeah. much she loves. And the why music. does she have to be on the cover of every one of her magazines? Yeah, that's a little, that's a little, a little weird, e- right? Egotistical. Yeah, yeah. It's, but if, if if you have a team magazine someday, you can be on true, there. True. True. <laughs> All right. Are, are we gonna wrap I it up? I think we'll wrap it up there. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good it's a good time to wrap it up. Yeah, I do recommend everybody go see Black Panther. My kids loved it. it was, Why would you recommend a movie you didn't think was that great? I, I see. I it was it was good. I enjoyed oh, okay. it. I'm just I did. It's just it's getting this kind of because it's a cultural. I think it's just getting a little extra credit because of the politics of it. I think it's not quite as good. As that that happens. What was that movie that was the first woman? Well, Wonder Woman wasn't as great of a movie as Thor Ragnarok, I thought, but it was more important. Thor I Ragnarok think, was better, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think socially is more important, and it'll be known ten years from now. But I think Thor Ragnarok was a better movie, and people will continue to watch. The, what was the movie that won the Oscar? Was the first oh, Hurt Locker? Right, right. It was the first female director, war movie, whatever. They nobody has ever watched that. Won the Oscar Best Picture. Nobody has ever watched that movie again. It was not a good movie. It was just from time to time. You know, it's just it, things get over on the politics of it. I, I, I mean, I, they barely even show it on cable. And if they do, I bet you nobody, nobody watches it. Yeah, it's it. on Netflix. I still haven't watched it. Hurt Locker. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a totally me. I mean, uh, Black Panther is way better than Hurt Locker. Oh, yeah. 
So that's all I'm saying. But I'm I'm happy for the. I'm not a curmudgeon. I'm happy that, it, that for a post-racial America. I want to hear Mike Lawrence's take on Black Panther. Uh, yeah, I would like to hear it. He's so funny on uh, Facebook. He's great and Twitter too. His, his Twitter page is too. Oh, I think I think when he talks probably, wrestling, <laughs> he probably just echoes his his uh, Twitter on on Facebook. What did he say that was so fun? So instead of focusing on Sir Mixalot's fetish for big butts, maybe we should focus on his how honorable his honesty is. Because I like big butts oh, and I can't yes, all yes, lie. Yes, I remember Something like that. that. It was so funny. <laughs> I, I, I didn't do it justice. He's but great. Follow He's... Mike Lawrence. He's one of the funniest. All right. Goodbye, uh, everybody. All righty. Jay, uh, thank you very much. Uh, we're gonna check you out. And uh, hi, Jim. We're, we're, fi- we're, we're wrapping it up, Jim. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I had a good time on my set. <laughs> all right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>